from the creepy swamps deep in the heart of Cajun country, I welcome you to Fave Five from Fans, the podcast where I, Jamie Ray, your humble host, invite a friend of mine to create a list of five of their favorite things that we have a shared interest in, be it movies, books, TVs, toys, or whatever. Next, we sit down to compare and contrast, dissect and disseminate our choices for you, the listening audience. We'll start off with some honorable mentions, those selections that just didn't make the Fave Five, and then trade off our choices backwards from five, four, three, two, and one. We'll be discussing everything from alien invasions to zombie attacks, Rom the Space Knight to musical numbers, Edgar Allan Poe to Stephen King, both literary and adaptations. All that's left for you is to decide who's right, who's wrong, and will we still be friends after all this? I can't wait to get started, so please sit back, strap in, and get ready for this episode of Fave Five from Fans. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Fave Five from Fans. I'm so excited to have one of the two people that I talk about in my intro one of the persons that gave me the genesis of this show. I'm talking about my bud, Kevin Sincomano. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. James, James, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, so uh, when you say genesis, that means uh, I'm your God? Is that what yeah, you're That's exactly what it means. Oh, that's, that's what I thought. I just exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Kevin, yes. I, is, I didn't want to have to smoke you or anything like that. Oh, no, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> don't send another virus down here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Kevin is one of the two people that I talk about in my intro that we used to go to Star Trek conventions together. And we would spend a lot of time having what's your favorite and what would you do and would you conversations. Um, <laughs> oh my, never not, come not, up. not the million dollar thing, please. That's the million that. dollar show. <laughs> but we had a lot of time and uh, had a lot of laughs together. And so I'm very excited to have him on the show. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite actors in the entire world. And I did put some handcuffs on him. And uh, I'm going to get into that in a minute. But Kevin, first of all, tell us a little bit about you and why you're the person to be on this show. Well, my name's Kevin Sincumento. Uh, I'm from Lake Charles. Uh, self-employed, own Paper Heroes in Lake Charles, a comic book uh, gaming store. Uh, I think the reason I'm for this is uh, us doing all the conventions back in the day. One of the celebrities that I liked a lot, and you and Chuck also liked a lot, was Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And getting into his career, watching what he's done, He's always been entertaining. He's always been fun. Uh, seeing him on stage, how he interacts with fans, made me and I'm sure you guys like him even more. Oh, yeah. Never and got I, to see him, though. Do you realize that? No, yeah, she did. You, no. You've seen him twice for me. I thought, I you, I thought you and Chuck were at that convention nope. with Ted Ramey. It was uh, Bruce Campbell. Nope. And wow, I had it in my head. All this week when I was preparing for this, that I could have swore that you and Chuck were at that convention. No, 19 years ago, on the weekend of Abby's first birthday, is when you went and took my uh, uh, Briscoe County custom action figure and had it signed. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and then years later, you got a book signed for me somewhere else. Wow. Yep. So, well, this, this story I'm about to tell, I just assumed for some reason that you guys were there. 
<laughs> one of the things that made me like him even more, I was at a convention. He was on stage. And uh, there was a guy a few rows in front of me, big, big fella. And he looked like a, like a nice old country boy. He had overalls on and red hair. And Bruce got on stage. And as soon as he got on stage, he noticed that guy. Mm-hmm. And he picked him out. And he was like, you know, basically saying, oh, you're a big old boy. You know, don't don't get too upset. And he started just riffing with the, the guy. Right. And the whole time, every once in a while, he'd go back to him and he'd give him the thumbs up like, we OK, we OK. And this guy, you he was so excited. He was so happy. Bruce was just making his day. Oh, sure. And he was just giggling and laughing and enjoying. It. And Bruce could tell and he just played off. And it made me think that that's really nice. You know, he, he, he know how to, he knew how to interact with everybody and he picked that guy out and that guy will remember that for the rest of his life. You're right. I I I thought it was great. That's that's cool. That's one of the main stories I remember from Bruce, at least meeting him. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I saw him, there was one time it was at a convention. We, he was signing and he, uh, he, you could sit with him and take a picture. And when I sat down next to him, this was about the time that, you remember that the movie, the Wild Wild West came out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Will Smith was mm-hmm. Jim West and Kevin Klein, I think. Yes, yes. And I sat with Bruce, and I was like, as I, he was talking, I was like, man, you you'd have been great as Jim West if they'd have, you know that movie. Would have been right. great. He goes, and he just looked at me, he goes, yeah, that was never going to happen. I was like, yeah, probably, <laughs> but uh, just saying, <laughs> you'd have been great. But he was always fun. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got you got me that excellent picture because uh, I made him a custom comet to go along with that custom action figure, right. and it, it's sitting right there at the table. And he's giving me two finger guns straight into the camera, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, that is my favorite picture." Oh yeah, he's <laughs> we, the best. Have, we have to give a shout out to uh, to two of my friends, Peggy and John, who are also both huge Bruce Campbell fans. Anytime we see something, I see something like on Facebook or whatever, I, I tag them in it too. Um, so hello ladies, how are y'all? <laughs> um, so if you haven't guessed already, today's episode is going to be about our fave five Bruce Campbell appearances. But I hampered Kevin by saying anything outside of the evil dead world. Otherwise, we'd have had out of the five, probably three or four things would have been Evil Dead. And everybody knows him from that and everybody loves him from that. But I wanted to focus on his other works. So when we sat down, I said, you can pick from anything else he does, any TV shows. Um, just, Just tell me what your other favorite performances are. And I asked him to give me five. And an honorable mention, if he's got one. And you have an honorable mention, right? Yes. 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 So Kevin is going to focus mainly on television episodes. And mine's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. I'm going to do movies and TVs and maybe something you weren't expecting. But this is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope to learn something about... Bruce, and about you, Kev, that uh, I didn't know before we sat down. Sure. So so if you're ready, uh, I'd like you to go ahead. You give me your honorable mention. Well, my honorable mention is 
it was a TV show that he did. It was called Burn Notice. And he okay. played, he was a secondary character. He played an ex special forces CIA type agent named Sam Axe. And he was great on that show. Trained in guerrilla warfare, a deadly force with weapons and explosives, and a physique that can only be described as adequate. Commander Axe, you have anything to say before we begin? Can I have a beer? Before Sam Axe took his talents to South Beach, he took it to the bad guys in South America. Man, that felt good. Bruce Campbell stars in a USA television event. Burn Notice, The Fall of Sam Axe. World premieres Sunday, April 17th at 9. He was kind of, it was a laid back. You would never would have known he was a special agent or had this past. Uh, he would kind of come in and help the main character with anything he needed done. And uh, he was just fun. He was just a great, great character. And he, but, he liked his mixed cocktails. Yes, he did. And he always wore it. Was it the Hawaiian shirt? He always I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He always had the Hawaiian shirt on. And he kind of, he would always flirt. I, he'd always flirt with uh, Jeffrey Donovan's mom. Mm-hmm. Who was the main actor? He was always hitting on the mom. <laughs> he did like the older ladies. Uh, he, he scored a yes, couple times. Got him a car out of the deal. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that yeah. would have been one that been my uh, honorable mention. That whole series. That's cool. Now, did you ever see the movie or whatever the Sam Axe movie? No. And as I was doing research for this, I saw that pop up, and I for some reason I don't know how I missed that. I totally me too. That. Uh, so I, I've got it down to go back and watch. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. He was a uh, was a very good uh, supporting character, and he had just a huge bag of tricks. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a great one. Well, I actually have two. Well, let's see. I'm one. Two, two, two. I have five honorable mentions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the first one works out pretty well, and it's going to be three different appearances of Bruce in three different Spider-Man movies. So of course we remember in Spider-Man, he was the ring announcer who changed the name to Spider-Man when Peter Parker went up to do wrestling. And I can't remember what Peter said he wanted to be called. He was like, no, 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 that's stupid. It's yeah. the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we jump to Spider-Man two where he is playing the snooty usher to Mary Jane's play, and he keeps Peter from getting in. And then we see him once again uh, in Spider-Man 3 as the maitre d'. And we all know that this is because he is such a great friend with the Raimi brothers. Right. And so Sam uh, had to put him in there. And I just absolutely loved the way that he was in all three movies, but as three different people. Yeah, I was that uh, Spider-Man. It was two was on yesterday on TV, ah. and uh, I had to wait for the scene when uh, Peter walks up to go to the play, <laughs> and he's late, of course. And of the course. Bruce just plays it, and he has the two signs, and he just kind of puts his hand out, like Shh, be quiet, you know, don't talking, you know, play is in progress. But he's just so perfect in any little sm- any few minutes he gets in any movie. Our TV show, he's great. Yes, I, and I always, agree. I always kind of compare him to a Bill Paxton type guy. Oh, yeah. Bruce, to me, Bruce makes anything he's in better. And yes. I've always found uh, Paxton was like that. Mm-hmm. You, no matter what the role was, big or small, the movie was better because he was in it. 
You are so and, right. And Bruce, that's what Bruce had. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally agree with those, the Spider-Man movies. Those were yep. fun. And didn't they, they grew up together, right? In Detroit or I, in the Detroit. I'm area? not sure from where, but yes, I did. I do believe because he was, uh, he worked on, did he work on the original student version of Evil Dead? Yes. That's what yeah. I read. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I read that it was the Raimi's and, uh, I think they all grew up in that Detroit area or somewhere oh, okay. around there and they were friends. So that's where that all that came about. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so that's three of them right there. Yeah. Uh, the next one is from one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the 1996 movie escape from LA. It was a different kind of snake Plissken movie. And it was kind of eclectic, kind of strange in some ways. But when Snake and uh, Tal's Talima, I think was her name, get captured, and they he wake up <laughs> and they're being uh, being examined by the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, <laughs> as played by a heavily reworked over. Bruce. And it's, uh, it's such a weird, very small part, very small scene, but he's basically going to be harvesting different things. And one of the best lines is when he looks at, looks over snake. And of course he's got the patch on one eye and he makes the comment, Oh, what a beautiful blue eye. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. He only gets one. Yes. (laughs) So I just love that. That's probably one of the best that in the scene with uh, Pam Greer are probably the two best scenes for me in that entire movie. I've never seen that movie. Oh, I saw the first one, the uh, Uh escape from New York. Yeah. And when I was looking at his IMDb, I saw that he was in escape from LA. So I looked it up and I watched that scene when uh, Kurt and the lady is tied up and he he does that, you know, what a beautiful blue eye and he, the way he does what he does with the girl and oh yeah he like just, he grabs yeah. her breasts and he say, grabs her breasts yeah. oh they're real yes <laughs> he's just got the weirdest it's like he's had 50 plastic surgeries yes <laughs> so it's just, it's just the weirdest look he doesn't uh, emote on his face very much because it can't no, move he can't <laughs> and everybody all his henchmen and henchwomen or whatever they're all just hideous and oh my gosh like he's done multiple surgeries on them and that well, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Yeah. And like I said, I've um, I, I've watched it several times, um, but it it doesn't hold the same appeal to me that the first movie did. Well, um, I never watched it because I always heard such bad things about it, and I and I liked the first one a lot. And I was like, well, everybody dogs uh, L.A., so I was like, well, I'm not going to watch it. And I just never did. <laughs> Well, and some of the things about that that movie are that um, they go a little too out there. You know, yeah. there's a there's a scene with um, him surfing with Peter Fonda, and <laughs> there's a couple of other things that it's like, oh, okay, where does where did Snake learn to surf? You know, as one would do in an apocalyptic. Uh Exactly. You go surfing with Peter Fonda. (laughs) Of course, you and I will always have the memory where we got to ride the escalator in Atlanta, where they filmed the, uh, the, the robbery scene that was deleted from escape from New York back when we went to dragon con that time. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Yep. I have that old picture of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, so that's my number, my number two and my number one favorite honorable mention 
comes from a TV show called Psych. And it played on the USA Network. And it was basically about two friends, Sean and Gus, where uh, Sean uh, pretends to be a psychic detective. But in fact, he's just incredibly uh, able to pick up on details and remember things. So he pretends he's you know, going to be a, a psychic. And Gus is his friend. So they have an, uh, an episode called A Nightmare on State Street where <laughs> Gus keeps having all of these nightmares. And they all end with Sean leaving him. Uh, because Sean leaves him alive, it's like in a lurch. And so he wakes up from the nightmare, and they're in this room, and Sean's there, and then you turn to the side, and there's Bruce. And Bruce is playing his dream therapist. And it's a great episode because there's all these little things in it. Like at one point, he, he, he has this huge fly swatter, and he swats them with it. But the best thing about it was the name. His name is Dr. Ashford N. Simpson. Oh, no. Like Ashford Simpson. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I always just love that one. And uh, so that had to be an honorable mention for sure. Well, I'm just a dream catcher in human form with a chin that's coveted around the world. I'm just glad that you were able to identify the source of your nightmares. I need to take a leak. Well... It's great to see you. Doc. Yeah, it's been good for you to see me too. Let's do it again. Burton, see you in your dreams. P.S. <laughs> Come get some. So, with that, I've heard, means, I've heard good things about that show. Oh, it's a wonderful show. As a matter of fact, Lily and I are doing working on an episode right now with our uh, five favorites episodes. And it's really, it's one of those shows that when you start watching it, you just want to see the next episode and the next and the next. I've heard nothing. I've read nothing but good things about it. It's just one I never called. I, I used to like uh, the young guy, the African-American actor that I don't know which character he played. Yeah, he played uh, Gus. Gus. He was on the West Wing and oh, okay. I, used to, I used to love the West Wing and he was one of the main characters on the West Wing and he was really good on that. Yeah. But uh, so that's a show I definitely need to check out. You should check it out because they have incredible chemistry together. Good. They play off of each other so well. Yeah. And there's a lot, once you start watching it, they have so many winks and homages to other stuff. They have a whole uh, episode that's based off of a uh, clue their oh. 100th episode, and they have uh, three of the actors from the Clue movie are in oh. the episode. It's it's just wonderful. Nice. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's streaming somewhere. I think uh, Hulu maybe or Amazon. Yeah, if it was a USA show, it's probably on something mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, well then, we are now ready to get to the real meat of this show. Uh, if you're ready, why don't you go ahead and give me your number five favorite Bruce Campbell appearance? Okay. My number five favorite Bruce Campbell appearances was his role as a Tolicus. I have a, I'm going to break this one up into a 5A and a 5B. Um, oh, I've never had one of those before. Yeah. An a and a B. Okay. <laughs> so so is this one A or is this one B? This will be B. Okay. This will be 5B. It's from uh, Hercules, The Legendary Journey, Season 2, Episode 1, 
the episode was called The King of Thieves. Okay. And he plays the character Autolycus, which was a, a master thief. And in this episode, he steals a chest of jewels from a king. But uh, Hercules' friend, Iolus, gets framed for it, and he gets put in prison, and it's going to be executed. And Hercules' job was to find Autolycus and bring him back and cop to the crime so Iolus would be let free. But it was, the, it was our first introduction in that world. Uh, Bruce playing Autolycus. It, and as you know, Hercules was created by Raimi, Sam mm-hmm. Raimi. And um, can't think of the other guy's name. That was uh, Lucy Lawless's husband. And I just found that character a lot of fun. Yeah. So he played it really well. And the second, the 5A is him playing the same character, but it was in Xena Warrior Princess. Season one, episode 17, called The Royal Couple of Thieves. Oh, okay. And this one, he was uh, he steals a, a valuable chest, which had supposedly the most powerful weapon in the world. From a, a warlord had it. And Xena is trying to find the chest because it belonged to some friends of hers. And it, you guess it's the whole back and forth of Xena basically grabbing Autolycus and saying we got to find this chest for my friends. And what I like, I liked him better. Why I put this one as five a instead of five B is I think he worked better on Xena than Hercules mm-hmm. in that he played well with Hercules. He, they, they had a nice chemistry, but I found that Bruce playing off of Lucy Lawless worked better. Okay. Was there and, a little sexual tension there? Yeah, Cause you know how Bruce is. Yeah. <laughs> you know how he, can play, he can play those characters. So in, being with Xena, he was able to make innuendo and do certain things that make certain references. And of course she would slap him around and, <laughs> you know, and, and to me that was a lot more fun. Right and, right. and he couldn't really do that with Hercules. And to me that worked out much better with Xena. Cool. And he made a lot of appearances on both shows, right? Oh yeah. He was always kind of a recurring character. He would show yeah. up maybe a couple of times a year or so, a few times a year. Do you know if he was in, I don't know which series, I think it was Xena the episode that takes place like in modern times and they're different people. That's a good question. I don't know. Oh, okay. I know that's a good question. I don't know for sure. I saw that episode. I haven't seen many of them, but I've seen that episode and I thought that was really, it's kind of like the DS nine episode where they all were, they all are living like in the fifties or something. Right. Right. I got got that. What I did like about this one was they had, when they uh, opened up the chest, of course this was, a big shout out to Raiders at a lost start. Cause they opened up the, the chest and a blinding light came out of it. Uh-huh. And, uh, Zena tells Autolycus and Gabrielle not to, sh- not to fear. Okay. And this light comes out and it kills the, the, uh, the attacker, the people, the people that are attacking Autolycus and Zena and Gabrielle. And of course it kills the attacker and everything's fine. The, the case, the chest closes up. And at the end of the episode, Autolycus opens up the chest and, there's something in it. And he goes, what is this? And it's some plates and he reads it and he goes, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal, et cetera. And he goes, and Autolycus goes, he says, who could live by these rules? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, it was so perfect. So it was obviously the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant. That's cool. It it was really, it was really well done. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I never really got into those two, but the episodes that I have seen, I did enjoy. And uh, it was real campy, real campy and you know, way it was done, but it was, it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, cool. That's a good one, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I will come back with my number five, which is a movie that you may be surprised is on this list, but I'm even more surprised that it's on this list. Um, Because of all the things that I've, I've seen of his, I remember this coming on the sci-fi network and watching it and liking it. But I rewatched it for this show, and I was amazed at how I really enjoyed his performance in it. And I'm talking about 2002's Terminal Invasion. CQ-1, this is Allen Municipal Airport. Come in, please. If anyone can hear me, we have an emergency crisis that requires immediate law enforcement personnel. Just happened. Bruce Campbell. They could all be aliens. Star Trek's Chase Masterson. For the first time anywhere. Terminal Invasion. Tonight at 9. On Sci-Fi. Now, uh, this is the one with Chase Masterson. Where um, Bruce is a convict who's being uh, taken from one facility to another by two officers. that get into a wreck because of a bad storm. And they end up at this terminal where Chase Masterson, uh, she's the pilot and does a, just does a wonderful job. I was, again, so surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Well, unbeknownst to them, there are aliens disguised as humans among the group. Oh. And they're snowed in and Bruce and them have to figure out First of all, he has to get loose and nobody trusts him because he's a, a you know, a prisoner. And it's, I just, again, I, I, I can't tell you, can't quite put my finger on it, but I really enjoyed it. And after I went back in and got on IMDb, um, I saw that it was directed by Sean Cunningham, which really surprised me because he does all of the Friday the 13th stuff. And yeah. And so it really kind of threw me that he had done this movie and I guess maybe without knowing some of the subconscious things that he does on those films came through on this one. And uh, so anyway, I really enjoyed it. I've never seen that. I'm going to have to check that out. I've never seen that movie. I actually have it on. (laughs) uh, I had recorded it off of uh, sci-fi when it came in, came on. And I had transferred it to uh, DVD at some point. So I knew I had it. I just hadn't watched it probably since I transferred it, which was nice. probably 10 years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it so, was from that. It was a, was it a nineties movie or two, 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah. yeah 2002. Right. So um, anyway, so that's it. Great. So that's uh, terminal invasion was my number five. Yeah. She was fun. Remember when we see her she, at, conventions oh. at chase, she was, she was really nice, sweet. Yes, uh, really gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but she was so incredibly uh, gracious and approachable. Oh, yeah. And I loved her character on DS9. I, I thought if, you, if anybody got the graduating award of a uh, person who's most improved, it would be her character. I mean, she went from basically serving drinks, you know, in a bar, you know, to the end where she's become this, you know, this, this fully developed character with um the love you know she she loved rom and it, it was it was it was a great character i really yeah, it could have so. easily been a throwaway character that nothing would have come of it but she right. made something of it so, she did yeah, she did yeah, exactly well, cool 
Well, all right. Well, why don't you give me your number four? Okay. My number four is one I think is going to really surprise you because Bruce was only, he's very, it's a very, very small role, but it's in what I consider probably the best season of television I've ever seen. Oh. It's Fargo season two, <laughs> episode five. Wait, stop, stop. Yes. <laughs> you, you're picking yourself up? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was laughing too much over that one. I love that. Okay, so so, so start again. I won't okay. laugh as much, but that's a great poll. Yes, it's Fargo season two, episode five. Title of the episode is The Gift of the Magi. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Fargo. Y- yes, I loved that. That actually was on my short list. Okay. Uh, I love that. I can't agree with you more. That was an incredible season. The first one was a great season. The third was a great season, but this one was just blown, blows me away. Yeah. I, I, I loved the first season. Thought it was amazing. It was one of the best. And then they came back with season two. And I, I still think it's the best contained season of television I've ever seen. Mm, yeah. And just because Bruce was in it, I had to put it in there. Mm-hmm. And he played it. The uh, season takes place in 1979. Uh, Bruce plays presidential candidate Ronald Reagan. Yes. And he's coming through track campaigning through North Dakota. And the main character, Lou Saverson, who's played by Patrick Wilson, who is a sheriff's deputy. He's tasked to be Reagan's escort, be on the security detail. And I just thought, and there's just the one scene where Bruce as Reagan goes to the bathroom and Soverson follows him into the bathroom. Right. And they're both, you know, using the bathroom and Reagan kind of looks at him and he he thanks Lou for his military service. They're kind of talking because Lou was in Vietnam and he thanks him for it. And Lou kind of, he looks at Reagan and he, he tells him that his Lou's wife is suffering from cancer. And he gets real serious and he asks Reagan, how, how can we cure a, the similar disease that's afflicting the world right now? And the way Bruce played it, it was just like, it was a perfect politician. He just kind of looks at him like, uh, I don't have an answer for that question. So he kind of smiles, nods and walks away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of, it was just so perfect. It's just such a great season. And uh, I just had to, I had to put that on my list. Yeah, that was a great, I mean, and he pulled him off really well oh yeah yeah i yeah. loved that season and those appearances you know and when he would come on to stage and he was talking to the crowds i mean yes. he was really doing a great job as reagan oh yeah and he has yeah. that look he has that that square jaw and it, mm-hmm. it just it was perfect yeah it really was good yeah. pick good pick yeah. so for my number four uh i blurred the lines a little bit with our hampering here where I said we couldn't pick anybody from the Evil Dead trilogy. But I didn't say we couldn't pick a movie in which he was mistaken for his character <laughs> from the Evil Dead. Okay. Okay. And of course, I am talking about 2007's My Name is Bruce. In the mining town of Golick, the year was 1870. The Chinese came to work and rid themselves of poverty. Then one night it happened, disaster struck. A rumble from below, the Chinese were stuck. 
And old Chinaman prayed for the loved ones he so cherished, asking the saint of Kurd to protect the souls who perished. Guandi is his name. Guandi is his name. Guan Yu, Guan Me, Guan Di. Wandy is his name. Oh, where he wow. plays the actor who uh, Bruce Campbell and a kid comes to him basically to come to his hometown and fight a real monster that's been let loose from, uh, I believe it was a mine shaft. And Bruce thinks it's a job. And he shows up and he does all the crap. And then when he figures out it's real, that's it. <laughs> it hits the fan. So have you seen this one? Oh, I love that movie. Yes. I love that movie. It's so great. And you know what it, it kind of reminded me of? Remember the original Fright Night? Oh, yeah. Well, and so you had Roddy McDowell's character who was the host of that horror movie special mm-hmm. that right. MLT. And so when they had the real vampire next door, the, the boys go to him thinking, well, he know, he'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he's, he knows monster movies and he has no clue. And that's what this movie reminds me, you know, probably Bruce will know what to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he has no clue. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> and I love the fact that in this movie, there's scenes of another movie that he's filming do you remember that little, there's a little thing there where he gets the call and they're all like space troopers and there's an, a, a green alien bug. Oh, and there's vaguely, a scene, vaguely. Yeah, to see like where they, they kill it and it spits blue, a green stuff all over him. It's, uh, <laughs> and of course, Ted Raimi, not one, not two, but three different roles in this movie. Wow. He plays his agent. <laughs> Um, and then he plays, I remember a guy painting on a sign or something, and then he plays another guy named Wing. Okay. So, you know, you can't have enough Raimi in one show. No, that's, of that's, course yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, another movie that was, remember that, it was the Trek movie that, um, who was it? Ron, was it Ron Moore? No, not Ron Moore. Uh, Mark Altman. And then did, it was about Shatner was in it and he was playing himself. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I'm uh, free enterprise. Uh-huh. Free Enterprise, and so they think Shatner is going to obviously be like a Kirk, <laughs> and he's just goofy and kind of weird and not very self confident. The exact opposite of what they thought. That's kind of what uh, My Name Is Bruce kind of reminded me of, also. Oh yeah, where you meet the real guy, and you, you they always say, "Don't meet your heroes because you're going to be disappointed." So mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. yeah. And one of the things I loved about this, um, if you remember when. Bruce comes to the town and he go. the kid's name is Jeff and he goes into Jeff's room and there's this huge mixture of real posters and uh, just different kind of bits and pieces of movies that he's been in. And it's filled with other posters of the fake movies that Bruce has done in this continuity. And, there's actually a Briscoe County Jr. costume there. Oh, <laughs> nice. And I heard in the commentary that that's, that's actually Bruce's spare costume and he brought it to, to help fill it in, you know? So wow. I thought that was very cool. That was very <laughs> cool. But yeah, I love that. I love that movie. And I was, I actually didn't see it for years. I, like I said, it came out in 2007 and I don't, I don't think I saw it till maybe like four or five years ago. I don't, I, 
I think I saw it maybe right before that. It wasn't long after it came out. It may have come on TV or something. I don't know when it would have been, but yeah, it, I, I really like that. Yeah, that's I, a great one. I'd love to hear what he thinks of that. I bet you a part like that, he probably would have a, he had a blast. Oh, because he, he can did. totally just be opposite what everybody expects. I, I would think that'd have been a fun part for him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. agree. D- did you ever, um, did you ever see that show cloudy with a chance of meatballs? I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen yeah. that, but I know he, I know he plays about. the mayor in that. Okay. And that, I think he probably had a lot of fun with that episode of that show too, because wow. he really plays a, a, a different you know role. But uh, anyway, so, okay. Well then that, uh, sets us up for your number three. Okay. And I know you, you're going to like this one because you know what a big X-Files fan I am. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So my number three, fave five for Bruce Campbell is season six X-Files episode seven titled. The episode is called terms of endearment. What kind of monster steals the unborn? This isn't an X-Files. Scully, this is a classic case of demon fetal harvest. You're not suggesting that he is himself the devil? The X-Files, an all-new episode, Sunday at 9, 8 Central on Fox. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Bruce plays a a character named Wayne Weinsider, and he works for an insurance company where he's a traveling insurance agent who goes around and when you sign up for a life insurance or whatever, that to be a physical. So he'd be the guy drawing your blood. Okay. Well, he's a demon and <laughs> the very, <laughs> yes, the very first scene of the episode, uh, he's, he's in a hospital. He's in a doctor's office with his wife. His wife's pregnant. Doctor's showing him the ultrasound. And he notices that there's two small protrusions on the fetus's skull. And oh. Bruce, <laughs> The Bruce just gets a weird look on his face that night. They're both asleep and his wife wakes up and there's a huge demon at the foot of her bed, flames everywhere. She's screaming and the demon takes out the baby and wow, she wakes up and he's, he's waking her up and he's on the side of her and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she says, I just had this horrible nightmare that there was a demon and took our baby and he goes, no, you were dreaming. And they pulled the blanket back and there's blood everywhere. And oh. the baby, the baby's gone. Wow. Well, he, his, his character of the demon, what he would do being a, a traveling insurance agent, he would meet different women. And his whole goal was to have a normal baby. Mm-hmm. So, but being a demon, he would always impregnate these girls, these women, and they would end up, being a demonic child and he would take the babies and kill them and bury them. And he would, mm-hmm. th- the women would think they miscarried or whatever. Uh, what I liked about this character, it's so opposite of everything we've seen. He's so milk toast. He's this insurance agent and he's real calm. He's, he's not clever. He's not very smart. He doesn't play very smart. He's not very funny. He's unnoticeable. And it's the exact opposite of what Bruce normally plays. Yeah. And it was really, when I first saw it, when it first came out, I was a huge X-Files fan. And when I found out he was going to be in an episode, I thought, oh, this is peanut butter and chocolate. Exactly. Um, you got Bruce in an X-Files episode? Come on, I'm, I'm in. And I remember when it first aired, I was like, yeah, that was okay. 
you know, I was kind of, I think I set myself up too much. Yeah. I rewatched it a few weeks ago and I guess years difference, you get older and I, it's really good. I really appreciate it much, much more than when I first saw it. And, uh, well, I'm going to have to go back and watch that one because I actually don't even remember that episode. Yeah, because if you remember, I don't, he was also married. He had a second wife in another town, and she was pregnant. Oh, and traveling salesman. Traveling <laughs> salesman. Well, her baby is, her whole goal is, she's actually, we don't know, but she's a demon also. And she wants a demon baby, which is the exact opposite of what Bruce wants. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's really, really well done. I, I, I just really like it. And yeah. The one little trivia thing, I don't, I think you know, I, I like the movie, The uh, Great Santini. Yes. Well, I was doing research and when I watched the episode, I was like, where do I know that girl from that's playing his wife, the first wife? The and human baby wife? The human baby, the, uh, no, the demon, the, his, his first wife that had the demon baby. Okay. okay. And uh, I was like, where does she, so I look up on IMDb, she was the daughter in The Great Santini. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I thought I recognized her from something. but Yeah, you love that movie. Oh, I love that movie. That movie's so well done. I just, I love it. Well, that's a a, great one. I'm going to have to go back and watch that episode. Yeah, there was a a couple of trivia things from that I was Uh reading about. There was a mother, she, uh, that was, they used her baby, this a real life lady. They're going to use her baby in the show, you know, just to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, she read the cursed birth scene, oh. the whole thing about the baby, because when they pull out the baby, it has horns, right? And uh, this lady, she read that in the script, and she was really religious. This is according to the trivia I read. So she was uncomfortable with them putting horns on her baby, so she withdrew her baby from being No, what could go yes. wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? So they said in the trivia I was looking at that, the production staff for the X-Files, they said they found another baby in 45 minutes. <laughs> I was like, did they still? That's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> yeah, I said, we can get anything you want. Bring yeah, me a blue rhinoceros, <laughs> a baby with horns, and some peanut butter. Yes, and an orange Julius. <laughs> and I was reading, they said it was the first time a cast member withdrew from scenes for religious reasons. <laughs> and I was like, the X-Files did a lot of crazy stuff. I'm surprised that was the only time that that was happened yeah that's a great show man that's a and great you know, show you remember that it was on friday nights the x-files mm-hmm. originally came on friday and briscoe county played before yeah x-files yeah briscoe county you had the x-files and when i was reading about it they said that fox thought well briscoe's going to be a successful show yeah so this little x-file and they thought well this is our star show is a briscoe and exactly being the exact opposite <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's canceled. X-Files goes to superstardom. And they said a lot of the people that worked on Briscoe ended up going, working on the X-Files. I did not so, know that. Yeah, exactly. And so that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. Friday, get ready for two hours of heart-stopping adventure. First, a heavy metal madman is on the loose. Get down. Briscoe County. Can Briscoe send him to the scrap heap, or will County get cut down to size? This is going to be a real side-splitting experience. On an all-new Briscoe County Jr. Then, the Cold War's most terrifying secret has been kept locked away. Until now. FBI. The X-Files after Briscoe County Jr. Friday on Fox 29. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. So my number three is one that we've um, we've 
already touched on, but I like it maybe for a little bit of a different reason. So I also liked Burn Notice, where Commander Samuel Sam Axe, United States Navy, retired, uh, is, is a friend and helps out a lot. But what I really enjoyed was Sam Axe, was Bruce Campbell playing Sam Axe playing Chuck Finley. Oh, that's right. He did do that. That's right. And when I was looking this over, I I made some of my favorite episodes, and almost every one of them was a Chuck Finley episode. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess, you know. And he's done, he did everything. He he was a lawyer, a cop, a doctor, uh, a motivational speaker, a homeowners association member. (laughs) I mean, just all of this different stuff. You know, and uh, so, you know, not to talk too much about it. We covered it already, but I really enjoyed him doing his Chuck Finley. You Uh, know, you bring that up. I was reading about that character. And did you know that that character's name is based on a Major League Baseball player, Chuck Finley, I believe. Oh, see, I had read that it was the name of a co-worker of his father. Now, maybe his father was a... Or maybe, maybe, or maybe that was it. it. Oh, no. Yes, the co-worker. Maybe it was the co-worker was the baseball player. Or yeah, something. Yeah. It had something to do with the baseball player, Chuck Finley. Oh, okay I, believe, okay. I believe. So, yeah, it had somehow with some sort of six degrees of separation somehow. Ah, this is your yeah. American baseball. Yes, I like yes. the sports <laughs> where they throw the ball back to one another. Exactly. Yay, sports. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) All right. So let's go to your number dose. Number two. All right. I have a, just like with my number five, I have for my number two, Faye five for Bruce Campbell, I have a two B and a two A. Oh, you with your B's and your A's. (laughs) Well, that's as far as I can count in the alphabet. So I figured (laughs) I got to use it as much as I can. Get past 10. You got to take your shoes off, right? Yeah, Deanna's just like a me. teacher, and she still can't teach me past my <laughs> past B, so I don't know what's going on. Well, it is acceptable, sir. You go okay. ahead with your 2B <laughs> or not 2B. Yes. My uh, 2B is The Adventures of Briscoe County, the pilot episode. This fall. Here she comes. There's a new name for adventure on television. Oh! Briscoe County Jr. You care to try me? He's all action. You're not an outlaw. No. He's all excitement. And he's about to bust loose into your living room. Welcome to the Wild West Fox style. And now, the series premiere of The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yes. That was a two-hour premiere episode. Um, and I'm, of course, we're all familiar with Briscoe. And, yeah. the, and the pilot episode, his father was killed by the John Bly and John Bly's gang. While he what was, was his dad's name? It was Briscoe County Senior. <laughs> oh, that's right. I always forget that. <laughs> I know. That's a tough one. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes. No, it's good. <laughs> and uh, of course, Junior is hired by the Robert, the, the so-called Robert Barons to bring the Bly and his gang to justice. And that becomes basically the overarching theme of the series. And one of the things I forgot about the pilot episode was that 
the actor R. Lee Ermey mm-hmm. played Briscoe County Senior. Yep. I yep. forgot all about that. And I was like, hey, R. Lee Ermey, love that guy. Yeah, you, I was <laughs> say, you love that guy. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I was like, so that was fun. Yeah. And what was also good, you know, it introduced us to all the major characters for that show that we would get to know. And it was just a shame. That was a fun show. And it just, it, I read that it started out really strong, like the ratings were really, really high. And then each week progressively, it went down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved that show. Yeah. You know, with John Astin as the professor. Yes. And, of course, Dixie Cousins, uh, Kelly Rutherford. Right. Uh, Right. You know, and one of my favorites has got to be uh, Lord Bowler. Oh, yeah. I I mean, they he started off as a bad guy. And then, you know, slowly they moved into them being, you know, I guess you both call them uh, bounty hunters. But, uh, you know, eventually, and I don't think he was in the first episodes either i don't know if i don't know if he was in the pilot or not he yeah might have been, but maybe so but uh but i love the fact the way that they were able to do um those different things together um and you could see as it progressed bowler became a good guy you know? yeah oh yeah 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 and they then there was out of kind of frenemies and then they mm-hmm, became, mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. Well, that's a great pull, man. That's a, and you know, that first episode was awesome. You get to see the orb for the first time. Yes, they introduced the orb. And I was reading that uh, they had plans. Like season two, Briscoe was going to be a sheriff of a small town. Oh. And uh, that was all the plans. But, of course, the show, by the end, the end of season one, its ratings were so low, they, they decided to cancel it. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was watching that show, I think that it came down to like a, a two-parter and I was starting to hear things about how it was going to be canceled. And I was worried that yes. it was going to end on a cliffhanger. Yes. But then they did come out with it the next time and, and, and finished it. Not you know, where I would have liked to have. And that didn't come out for on DVD for a while. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. Cause they said there was such a clamoring for it that they finally did it. It was probably about, six, seven years ago or so, maybe a little longer that it eventually came out on DVD. And I'm sure you probably bought it just as quickly as I did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to the X-Files, the thing connecting to Briscoe County, one of the directors, uh, Kim Manners, he directed like a third of the episodes of Briscoe. Oh, wow. And he ended up ma- being a major director on the X-Files. Uh-huh. And he, I, I was reading about his, he talked about Briscoe and he said he credited that show that was a training ground for him. And he said that helped him so much directing the X-Files. He said that training ground of being on Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really helped him a lot. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's a good one, man. That's uh-huh. a good one. All right. So two a, yes, my, uh, episode two, a a five for Bruce Campbell is Ash versus the evil dead. Now, See? what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a TV show. It's a TV show. I, I found a loophole. <laughs> I can throw it away. No, go right ahead. You never listen to anything I say anyway. <laughs> no, no. It was. I thought we were just talking about the movies. Uh, it's Ash versus Evil Dead, season two, episode one. My titled episode is called Home. Oh, this is a great episode. Yes. Go and ahead, tell us about know. it. Bruce plays Ash Williams. He's uh, it, the episode begins. Ash and Pablo and Kelly, they're all vacationing in Jacksonville, of course, drinking and partying. And of course, havoc ensues because uh, Ruby, Lucy Lawless's character, she 
I can't remember exactly what happened. The demons come back. So she tells him they have to go back to his hometown to form an alliance where he goes home, brings Kelly and Pablo to his his house. And of course we get introduced to Ash's dad, Brock Williams, who was played by, (laughs) who was played by (laughs) Lee Majors. That was so awesome. (laughs) Oh, that was, yeah. That was like nerd boy gasm right there. When that you, was that, so that awesome, yeah. <laughs> man. Oh, he, he played that role to a T. Oh, he was such a jerk. It was mm-hmm. so great. <laughs> oh, and that's, oh, that's, see, there's a reason why I did. Cause we sit here and talk about yes. <laughs> the whole rest of it. <laughs> I rewatched it uh, about a week or so ago. And I just love the scene when brought his dad sees Ash's metal hand. And he asked him about it. He goes, what does that thing do? And he goes, and, and Ash goes, it makes me better, stronger. <laughs> and Brock goes, faster? And then he just kind of, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's so great. And I love, was... how, I love how Brock, he sees Kelly, and he just starts making all these creepy in- sexual innuendos to Christ. <laughs> it's just so great. Yeah, he likes the older ladies too, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Oh man, I tell you, when he was ready to leave that show, he left that show. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, he left it in a big way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I was reading. They said that I don't know if you remember uh, Pablo. He had drawn a sketch of Ruby's character. Mm-hmm. He was showing it to uh, Brock, and it was just a horrible. You couldn't make it out. It, it just was a horrible sketch. And uh, Brock looks at him. He goes, "You're looking for Bigfoot." <laughs> and of course, of course, a reference to the six million dollar man. Of course. Of course you know? <laughs> well, that's a great one because um, yeah. we are actually working on an episode of Faye Five uh, with you, me, and our other buddy Chuck, where we're going to discuss our Faye Five six million dollar man episodes. Oh yeah! And yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that. This well, you know this- that that series going back and watching some of that, you know. A twelve-year-old Kevin compared to fifty-four-year-old Kevin, and you watch some of those, and I just I can't wait for that podcast because there's some things I noticed. That I just want to really ask you guys and see if you noticed it. <laughs> it's questions about the porn stash. I have no answer. Oh my god! There's just a couple of other things I totally forgot or didn't notice when it first mm-hmm. happened. So mm-hmm. I can't wait for that. That's gonna yeah. Be fun. That's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, I'm going to go to my number two now, and uh, it's a show revolve. It's about, it's about a horse named Comet, and the guy who rides him, whose name escapes me right now. Uh, <laughs> the show is called The Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. <laughs> what was his dad's name? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think it was yeah. Arthur something. Yeah, well, um, I think we can look that up on the internet one day. Yeah, the internet's got everything. Yeah, you know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, I know, I know we just touched on it, and I, I tried to keep quiet, but um, yeah. I loved this show, not just for the 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 big sweeping stories that were were going on. One of my favorite things are, were the little things, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think actually that the first episode that, that Lord Bowler showed up in was episode three. And okay. and that was the one with the mobile battle wagon called No Man's Land. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was yeah. the one that starred Denise Crosby, you know, where it was a, a town all women. 
Right. You know, you right. Know? Yeah. And then, so you had these cool little things like the next episode is called Briscoe and Jails Co. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but of, of all of the things that I remember in that show and like, you know, you had the guest stars like uh, Sheena Easton was in it. That's right. You know, as she played uh, Crystal Hawks. Yes. And, and then they had that bounty hunters convention episode where yes. everybody is kind of like a, like an Agatha Christie murder. But right. I, I looked and I, I couldn't find it, but to be honest with you, I didn't, um, I didn't dig too deep. I should have, I'll tell you though, one of my favorite little nods in this whole show is when he meets a kid and it's a very small little, little part but the kid ends up frying some dough into a circle. Oh. And when he tells the kid, see you later, kid, by the way, what's your name? And he's like, Duncan. Yes. And I'm like, oh, man. That's <laughs> and that just stuck with me. You know, I love that. I love that's that. amazing, Jamie. Right before you were telling that, that popped in my head. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I was getting, if you weren't going to mention it, I was going to mention it about the kid <laughs> named Duncan with the fried dough. Uh-huh. Is it, wasn't it Lloyd Bowler that ate it? I think uh, so. I think you're yeah, right. I think, it, yeah, I think the kid goes up to him and goes, "What you got there, kid?" And he, he eats it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was so good." Yeah, and it was it was a nothing thing, you know. No, yeah. But look at us, you know, what twenty years later, and it still sticks with us. Oh yeah. You know, that yeah. just goes to show you the writing <laughs> and the people behind that. They just they so knew what they were doing. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, great show, great show. Yeah. So. <laughs> Unless you've got a B and an A again. No, <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't make you suffer through that again. <laughs> we are down to your numero uno, sir. Nice. What is your number one? Well, my number one, Faye Five for Bruce Campbell, is a little television show called Jack of All Trades. <laughs> season, one, season one, episode four, and the title of the episode is Once You Go Jack. Which brought Jack to a lady, both beautiful and smart, who found his mix intriguing. A scoundrel with a heart. And I tell you, I remember this show back when it first came on. I'll, if you remember, remember it was part of that half hour syndicated thing where you had Jack of all trades and you had that other show, Cleopatra 2525. I remember. Remember? And it was, they were both half hour shows. And I think Jack played maybe first and then Cleopatra was second. And it was called the back to back to back action hour. That was the name of it. Okay. And I just, to me, this Chris, that character, uh, Bruce plays Jack Styles, who he's a, a American intelligence agent. Takes place in 1801 in a fictional island called a uh, Palo Palo, and you got the, you have to think the French are, have the island, mm-hmm. and I just thought 
this show epitomized everything that is fun about Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I mean, he's funny. He's daring. He's action. He's, he's, he's playing off of Angela Dutch and his, uh, Amelia Rothschild. And they have that whole sexual chemistry thing going on. It's everything he does well, all in one character. Uh-huh. And I, I just, that's why I picked this one as number one. And this particular episode, I, I kind of stood out to me because one of Jack's old flames, it's a character, her name is Kentucky Sue. And she returns and she's a real kind of Calamity Jane type character who she comes back and she proposes marriage to Jack. And it's really the only character I've seen in this entire series where she kind of keeps him on his heels because uh-huh. she's in his face and she's grabbing him and throwing him to the ground and she's real roughhousing with him. And he's, <laughs> he's totally, he totally doesn't know how to react. He's, he's out of his element. And I just thought it was really, really well done. That's fun. So yeah. a little bit of honesty here. Yeah. I never liked that show. Really? I, I don't know why, but I, I have to tell you the, the Autolycus yeah. yes. never really dug him either. You know, and and I don't know if it was just because of that one little sub genre that, you know, the time period, I don't know what it was, but I tried to watch Jack of all trades and Mm -hmm. I never could get into it. Um, It's super campy. Yeah. It's really super campy. And if if you go into it kind of accepting that and they do all the, they have a lot of uh, present day comment things that was happening in Art was around what 2000. Uh-huh. <laughs> They'll yeah. say things that I mentioned things that obviously was modern day, but it, they're mentioning it then. So they had all these little weird things, but yeah, now, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Was that a UPN show? No, I think it was syndicated. Oh, okay. So it, okay. Yeah. It was that and Cleopatra was uh, both syndicated. So it, I remember it would come on Saturday nights, at least where I was at around 10 30 or so. Yeah. Was that around when right before DS9 would come on? Maybe. Yeah. yeah it probably yeah. was. I think yeah. I remember that uh, because I remember seeing Cleopatra, like right. parts of Cleopatra, um, because it didn't come on till I don't know late to like eleven o'clock or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because I, I was when I was doing research on those shows, I didn't realize this, but they said that both of those shows, Jack and Cleopatra, that they were the first American non-animated action series to be produced in the half-hour format since the nineteen seventies. Wow. Yeah. And I, that was something I didn't know, but you know, everything's obviously an hour that yeah. was action related. Yeah. And that was the first time since the seventies they had done that. That's kind of, that's crazy. You don't think yeah. about it, but yeah, 30 minutes, you know? Yes, exactly. Wow. Well, that's a great one, man. Uh, great one for you at least. Yeah. Not for you. Maybe <laughs> but for me. It was good. <laughs> yeah, but I have known that you've always liked that show because I, I, I remember you talking about it quite often. Well, you know yeah. what I, I really love about that? It, to me, it has probably the one of the top five, at least, theme songs. Opening oh. credit theme songs where it's a it's a it's a riff on the Marine Hymn and a couple of other things. Uh-huh. And when I was doing my research, they said that that opening credits it was up for an Emmy or whatever. Really? Best, yes, and it lost out to the West Wing opening credits. Oh. That okay. it was so well, you know, and if you ever, I guess the opening credits of Jack of all trades is amazing. That's one of the best done things I've seen in a while. And those are on video now on, on DVD. Yes. It's on DVD. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for my number one, I chose probably not just my favorite Bruce Campbell appearance outside of evil dead, but really one of my favorite movies altogether. And I'm talking about 2002's Bubba Hotep. 
I know you love this movie too, man. Oh my God. I mean, what can you say about this movie? It's so amazing. Yes. I mean, you've got the real Elvis Presley (laughs) who uh, switched places with an impersonator right before he died and loses all proof that he made the switch. You've got uh, JFK who's been shot in the back of the head that they put a little piece of sandbag in and dyed him to be black. Um, <laughs> you've got, you've got a, a mummy who's walking around in cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, sucking the souls out of senior citizens, buttocks. <laughs> uh, man, I'm telling you, this movie is all over the place. How could I have gone from the king of rock and roll to this? Jack, President Kennedy was a white man. They dyed me this color. What we have yet, Shady Rest, is an Egyptian soul sucker. Some kind of Bubba Hotel. A mummy. All right, man, let's go. I love it, and um, I've gotten to meet uh, Joe Lansdale a, a couple of years oh, ago. Yeah. yeah, and I told him how much I enjoyed the movie, and he said they had been trying to get a prequel done, but I've never seen it taken off the ground. It's, it's Bubba Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, and it was about some she vampires or something. Nice. Um, but there's so much to be said about this movie. W- one of the most amazing things is it, it revolves around Elvis Presley, yet not one piece of Elvis Presley bu- yes. music is in the show. That's right. Uh, I think Don Coscarelli said something like it would be, it would take half the budget <laughs> just to get like one song, much less. Oh yes, you yes. know. But you don't notice that it's there's no Elvis songs. In the scenes where he's going back and showing when he used to be on stage and stuff. Right. Oh, my God. He plays that role just so perfectly. How would you like to have been on the uh, the original pitch meetings for that movie? What? Like, the way you just described the plot. You, know, you, just, <laughs> you just walk in and say that. And you just <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yes. I need money for this. <laughs> and somebody gave him $500,000 to make wow. this movie. Bless, God know? bless that guy. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and when you think about it, $500,000, that's not a lot of money to make a movie. No, it's not. You know, but I, I did read where they had, they used like a abandoned vet hospital, you know, uh, veterans yeah. affairs hospital. Yeah. Um, so they were able to do, you know, a bunch of that on the low. And a lot of the stars weren't, or none of the stars really were, I guess, what you'd call huge stars today. This was Ozzie Davis's last movie, if I'm not mistaken, oh, who played JFK. Yeah. He was phenomenal in this yes. role. Interesting fact, both Ozzie Davis and John F. Kennedy were both born in 1917. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> wow, that worked out. Huh? Yeah, that worked out. So I'm, I'm actually wrong. I went to check myself. It wasn't his last film. Okay. Um, it was, this was 2002, and he passed away uh, in 2005 and did some episodes of Touched by an Angel and The L Word. Oh, okay. so, yeah. But anyway, it was one of his last uh, roles, but he was phenomenal. Yeah. I love the way that you got Elvis's room where he has to share a bed and it's so barren. And then you go to his room 
and it's like a small oval office. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I just rewatched it this week to get ready for this. And uh-huh. there's so many little things in this movie. When you're in President Kennedy's room, he's got a, a little diorama in the back on a table of like the book warehouse and a oh. little, you know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. So many little things that made this movie my number one. I uh, remember getting introduced to it. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but you and Chuck introduced me to this movie. Uh-uh. It was, yes. I, it was back. Oh my God. It was when I had my, when I was doing Friday night magic, I was doing magic tournaments. Yeah. We there late on Friday nights and you guys came to Lake Charles and you had it on disc or whatever. And Pro- it was like, probably the same it. copy I still have. Yeah. And we sat there while I was running the tournament and we watched that movie and just had a ball. Yeah. I, I, I remember. It. It so fun. I didn't, I didn't know that was the first time you, I don't remember yes. it, not, not knowing it. Yes. That was, and I remember the scene. It's near the end when they finally going to go to battle for the last mm-hmm. time against the the demons or the creatures, yeah. and it's the scene. There's the long hallway shot, and they come <laughs> around the corner, and Ozzy JFK's in the wheelchair, and, <laughs> and Bruce is in the white Elvis outfit, and there's slow motion. And his Walker, dude, dude that, yeah, and his Walker, and I, we just busted. We lost it. We were like, that's just that's it. I'm in. That's the price of the ticket. Yeah, right that's there. right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's so it's so amazing that uh, Coscarelli you know because he's famous for like the phantasm movies yes um, yeah. but there's so much humor and good humor oh yeah not, not you know fart jokes and stuff but really good humor in this movie oh, especially yeah. when uh elvis has got that little thing problem <laughs> that they got to take care of yes, exactly. <laughs> and then after he uh fights the little bug <laughs> Elvis gets a little of his uh, his mojo back. That's right, <laughs> and uh, he surprises uh, the nurse who who I actually uh, again I saw in this didn't have much didn't have a name, but it was an actress named Ella Joyce, and I keep thinking she was somebody else. So I remember going back to look it up. <laughs> God. And then of course you had Reggie Bannister was in it too. In I think right. it was just one or two scenes yep. where you know he's the administrator. And then I was trying to remember, and I had to go back and look it up. You remember there were the two hearse drivers that kept uh, bringing the bodies out one by one? Right, right, right. Yes, yes. (laughs) That was just hilarious, you know? And so one of the guys um, was one of the two police officers in Final Destination. Oh, okay. You know, you you sit there for 20 minutes going, who is that guy? (laughs) Yeah, because it just came on uh, one of the movie channels a few weeks ago. Oh, did it? Yeah, uh, Bubba Ho- It was like MGM HD or one of those type of movie oh, channels. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, it was like 30 minutes in. I was like, well, I'm finishing this. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those movies for sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's a great one. That's, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm so glad we did this, man. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. So glad. This Definitely. was a lot. I've been waiting to do this uh, for, for quite a while. Uh, we, I know we both love Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And yeah. what a great way to talk about it and, uh, and bring it up. So you, you had some very interesting ones, like I said, things that I, I didn't, I'll tell you, I don't know if you remember, but one thing that I thought was going to be on this list was going to be moon trap. Do you remember that movie where it was I, him with Walter Koenig? Dude, I've never seen that movie. Really? I've not seen that yeah. movie. I know Keep what you're talking that way. about. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. I was swore this movie was going to be on there and I rewatched it and I was just, man, I mean, it, when was that? It when was in I, the nineties. You know, okay. he was super young. Um, <laughs> and I can't tell you what necessarily turned me off about the film, except I guess maybe the nineties were just that period where there were a lot of utilitarian backgrounds yeah. and, you know, the, the robots that make it up kind of just didn't do, I, I don't know. It just all around it. it I, I, I literally scratched it off and put Nope next to it. <laughs> and, you, and you also had the, uh, the enemy vessels, the sure enemy vessels. Yes. yes sure that didn't help much either. No. And I'll tell you another uh, thing that was going to be on this list um, that I ended up not doing was Ellen. And I don't oh, know right. if you ever remember this show, but, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, sitcom? Her sitcom yeah, it was her sitcom yeah, where she yeah. owned uh, a bookstore yeah. and then she ended up having to sell the bookstore. And I believe his character was called Ed Bullich or Bullrick or something like that. Okay. And I want to say it was near the end of the show and he was like a complete jerk and wow. found out she was gay yeah. And he was like a big homophobe and made it <laughs> difficult. And she ended up quitting. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I don't even want to watch this, you know, <laughs> because I don't want this memory of, uh, of Bruce being a complete jerk, you know? Amazing. I never saw that. I saw some of those shows, but I never saw the ones that he was in. Yeah. 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 I think it was like uh, Ed Billick. That was what it was called. Ed wow. Billick. And <laughs> yeah, he was only in seven episodes, okay. but uh, yeah, I just didn't want it. And one other thing that uh, I was going to put on here, but again, I watched it another 90 show. I don't know, but do you remember him on Lewis and Clark? He played Bill church jr. Oh yeah, that's right. Huh? Yeah. You know what his dad's uh, name was? Uh, Bill church jr. The third. No, no. Oh, it was Briscoe no. County senior. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> was. <laughs> so have you ever watched the, uh, the maniac cop movies? No. No, no I see, those. yeah, I didn't get to those before we did this, but to tell you the truth, it would have to be an incredible movie uh, performance. I mean, for, for me oh. to knock one of these <laughs> things off because I understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was a, this was a hard list. Um, <laughs> it really was because yeah. he's, he's turned in so many great performances. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad that you brought up Fargo for sure yes. Yes. because it, it was small, but man, it, it's memorable. Yeah, just because just to be part of that show just has to put it in a list yeah. that alone, you know. Yeah, you are so right. Oh, yeah. I actually have a favorite character name that Bruce Campbell played. Okay. Okay. And I, I, it's just here in my notes. So he was in the Dark Man movie from right. 1990. Yeah. <laughs> His character was called Final Shimp. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I was reading about that. Yeah, Final Shimp. Yes, Final Shimp. <laughs> yeah, because wasn't that based on the Shimp from Three Stooges? I think it, it had to have been. You know. Yeah, because I, I think I was I was I was looking up trivia or background on Bruce, and that came up that mm -hmm. title of Final Shrimp sh yeah. Shimp, and that that had something relating to Shimp from Three Stooges. That, yeah. I just, I wrote that down when I remember <laughs> looking at. It. And the funny thing is, he played in a short back in the seventies. And he was called Shemp Malone. And the short was called Shemp Eats the Moon. 
So I'd be <laughs> well, interested to find out what that story and what that connection is. Cause that, that can't just be a coincidence. Yeah. I'm almost certain it had to do with the three stooges. Yeah. And I could see I him being a fan. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah I'm sure him and the Ramies and all those guys are, you know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Kev, this has been an absolute blast, man. I really oh, yeah. thank you for coming on the show and for doing the work. And I'm sitting there, I could see you, you know, behind you, man. The uh, the room there is really taking shape. You like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what 17 years of work can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured, you know, if you're going to spend a quarter of a million dollars, yeah, you're going to if you're going to spend 20 years going to conventions and getting autographs and doing everything, you might want to uh, maybe sometimes display it. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's what an interesting idea. Yes, who would have thought? But I figured. Uh, one day I'm a video of the room and send it to you and Chuck. So y'all could kind of see what, how I have it laid out. And, yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. Or maybe yeah. one day when Corona is over, we can come and see yes. it. Yeah. So in about <laughs> five or six years, you guys can come by. Exactly. Give you a tour. <laughs> awesome. Like again, like I say this is, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, I cannot wait. I would like to now officially extend to you the invitation to do a Faye five X files. Oh, I, I could probably do that right now. You do that right <laughs> no, now. Okay. Saying, no, right. no, I can't. No, but I, I'll, I would, that you, can you block out about five hours for that? Oh, I, I certainly can. <laughs> I certainly can. <laughs> Cause I could, I could probably name you those five episodes right now. I'd probably have to have a t- five, five, 10 or something. Yeah, I think so. You'll have five, yeah. a, five, B, four, <laughs> a, four, B, three, A, B, C, and D. I'll be putting the, the numeral pie in there. And, and Oh, so, yeah, I, I would love to do that one. All right. Well, I'm going to book it then. We're going to awesome. do Faye 5 X-Files. Exactly. I'd like to thank everyone else out there in the podcast universe for joining us for this episode of Faye 5 from Vans. We absolutely love putting out this show and will continue to release episodes every Friday. You can find us on the AOC Podcast Network at www.aoc.com. A-O-C-I-N-C dot org slash fave dash five dash from dash fans. Or you can subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, and just about anywhere you can get a podcast. Please take the time to rate and give us a five-star review so more people can hear about us and we can grow the show. We'd also love it if you'd interact with us at Twitter, which is at fave, the number five from fans. We also have a Facebook page and we're on Instagram. We here at Fave 5 from Fams are excited to be part of the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. You can find us at SIPnet. US or on Instagram. The Slightly Irregular Podcast Network is a widely varied group of podcasters like the Terrible Terror Podcast, the podcast from another world, Dead and Radio, the Paranormal Pativity Podcast, the Angry Dad Podcast, the Back in Time Podcasts, from the wastes and us fave five from fans so remember folks it may not be the best it may not be the most popular but if it's your favorite then it's good enough for us this is hulk boy from hollywood signing off 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Yum Yum Room. My name is Gene. My first number tonight is for a special little lady who's changed my life, a girl who's from this part of town. There's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say, Lisa, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailors say, Lisa, you're a fine girl. Oh, what a good wife you would be. Your eyes could steal a sailor from the sea. What a good wife you would be. But my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. 